Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, April 24th, 2023, the 3rd of ER 5783, coming to you this morning from Gush Etzion, Israel, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. We have a very special guest on the line right now, M.K. Dan Iluz. He is originally from Montreal, Canada made Aliyah, immigrated to the state of Israel, and now he is a member of Knesset from the Likud party representing us, doing an amazing job. He's only been there uh, on the job for just, uh, I think, what is it, two, three months now, already making an impact in so many different areas. It's an honor, MK Luz, to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Josh. It's an honor for me to be here. Uh, let's get right to it. I know your time is precious, a lot of stuff going on. I want to know, first of all, your thoughts. We are entering a very uh, unique, special, and emotional period here in Israel. Uh, Yom HaZikaron Memorial Day, followed by Independence Day. Israel is supposed to be celebrating, really, our 75th anniversary of our the, fo- the founding of the modern state of Israel here. But things are extremely tense. So your thoughts on Yom HaZikaron Memorial Day and Yom HaZikaron Independence Day? So as you probably know, there's been a lot of uh, talk in the media uh, about uh, some people asking uh, not, uh, politicians not to go to uh, to uh, cemeteries on Yom HaZikaron. Yom HaZikaron is our memorial day in which we remember the soldiers that fell uh, defending our country. Uh, I, I, I think that this talk is completely illegitimate. Uh, over the years, uh, we had very diverse types of governments, some on the right, some on the left, some on the very right, some of the very left. So uh, we've always had very different governments and these types of calls were never made uh, because there's an understanding that uh, the soldiers that fought and fell for Israel were just as diverse as the governments that we've had. Uh, And if you would have asked some of the soldiers that uh, are buried uh, now uh, in Har Herzl, uh, the main uh, military cemetery in Israel, the, the, the one in Jerusalem, if you would have asked them what their thoughts were on the judicial reform, which is such a, a, a tough subject right now, uh, the, their their opinions would have been just as diverse as they are in in uh, in Israel today. Uh, and so I think it's unfair. Uh, at the end of the day, there's an elected government that was chosen by the people of Israel. Uh, it should represent the people of Israel in this very important day. It would be a very bad precedent. Uh, for us not to show up uh, on the in the cemeteries on this important day, uh, and I personally feel uh, from my uh, fr- from my from the the people that I've heard that the people coming out with these calls are really a small minority. Even in the uh, when we're talking about the people who oppose the judicial reform, even within that group, it's only a small minority that actually wants to turn these days into a day of conflict. I think that you asked uh, how Israel will celebrate the 75 years. I think that the great majority of Israelis will celebrate it very proudly. They'll be very proud of the amazing accomplishments that Israel has shown in the 75 years since our establishment. It's a, a country that was a, a miracle in its founding is now a miracle 75 years afterwards. It's still not only because we exist, but also because of all the amazing things that we've done. We've liberated Jerusalem. Uh, we've uh, created a, a dynamic economy that the whole world wants to learn from. We have a strong army. We're now making peace with Arab countries without giving away any land. Uh, this is really something that we should be proud of. I think most of Israelis are going to be proud of. 
the small minority is making a lot of noise. They can also use tactics that will give them a lot of media attention. Unfortunately, that's the way things work in social media, in the era of social media, in the era of the of the uh, in the world we live in today. Uh, but we should always remember that these are that this is a small minority that doesn't represent the very the large majority of Israelis. Again, on both sides of the uh, of the aisle, I think even most of the left. Uh, is still very proud of uh, what Israel has accomplished. I really like your optimism. Last night, I actually, uh, unfortunately, I was on a debate on, on TV, and uh, there was one of the guests there. His idea, uh, and uh, I don't think it's really spreading widely, but he was actually advocating for, uh, not for healing as a nation, he was advocating for the opposite. He basically said that Tel Aviv and the coastal, I don't know if you've heard this uh, this idea, which I think is insane, Tel Aviv and the cities on the coast should break away and form uh, their own country, maybe actually take the name Israel, and then the rest of the communities and the rest of the population, the ultra-Orthodox, the people in Judea and Samaria, those who consider themselves religious, not secular per se, uh, they should form a new country called Judea. And I was... Uh, arguing the opposite. I was saying now is the time for healing as a nation. Now is the time for coming together. It's been a rough, uh, you know, several months. Um, you know, what would you say that to somebody, again, you, you expressed the, that you believe that these people are a small minority or a fringe, but, you know, what would you say to that as, as you know, someone who is trying to advocate for unity and you just highlighted so many beautiful things this country's done over 75 years. How do you uh, come up with a rebuttal to those statements? So again, I, I want to emphasize, as you've done yourself, that this is a small minority. I mean, these uh, these uh, ideas were polled and they always get uh, the, 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 the largest poll will give them around 10 percent. And that's in times of uh, large divisions and 10 percent is way too much, if you ask me. But still, it's still a small group. It doesn't really uh, represent uh, a large uh, majority uh, when it comes to the uh, substance, though. Uh, I think that we need to remember that we're one people. I mean, we just we 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 just passed Yom Hashoah. Uh, if there's one thing that we learned uh, in the Holocaust is that uh, our haters uh, never asked uh, whether we were religious or secular. Uh, they never asked whether we were right wing or left wing. They never asked whether we support the judicial reforms or oppose them. Uh, they never asked any of these things. You're Jewish, we hate you. That's basically what uh, what they told us. We have a common past. Uh, a rich common past with a lot of good things, right? I just spoke about the Holocaust, but there's a lot of beautiful things in our past also. And we're going to have a, a common future. Uh, we can uh, we can try to ignore that uh, and uh, start looking at the differences. But the things that unite us are much, much larger uh, than the things who divide us. Uh, that doesn't mean, by the way, I, I mean, at the end, I, I'm a policy wonk. So uh, when you start asking me these questions, I start thinking of policy. And I actually believe in giving more power to uh, local authorities as a way to allow communities to uh, to uh, more power in, in the sense of defining how their own communities look. So that's something that I actually believe in, uh, taking power from the central government, which is very, very strong in Israel, unlike in the United States, by the way, the federative uh, system in the United States. And then afterwards, you have also the local authorities in the United States. And so it gives a lot of levels of government. In, in, this, in Israel, the, the central government is very, very strong and everything is defined centrally. I don't think that's healthy for a diverse uh, 
people. We are diverse people. Uh, diversity can still mean unity. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. I want us to stay as diverse as we are today, uh, but very, very united. I think that actually giving more power to local authorities might be might be a way to get there. Uh, and so that echoes a little bit of of what he's saying, but definitely not in the in the sense of separation, but rather of giving more uh, independence to people uh, in defining their own lifestyle and their own communities and things like that. That is something that I would agree with. But of course, uh, all of that in the context of unity, understanding our common past, our common future and our common destiny uh, as one people. I definitely agree with you there on the unity. And I just want to briefly turn to a, a different topic. You mentioned policy. Um, what can you tell us again, briefly, you know, we could probably spend hours on what your goals in, are on your, and your visions and the things you're working on in the Knesset, but what's right now, what's sitting on your desk in front of you as a top priority, um, as you sit, uh, representing the Likud party in the Knesset, what's, what's top on your list, aside from the things we discussed in terms of the unity, just in terms of, uh, uh, uh policy, legislative policy, perhaps. Right. So there's three main uh, topics that I put on my uh, on my uh, table uh, when it comes to policy. Uh, the first one is uh, everything that has to do with the cost of living in Israel. I'm sure that many people who came to tour in Israel uh, were shocked <laughs> at uh, how expensive things are here. Doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Uh, your listeners should still come visit to Israel. It's worth every shekel that they spend here. Uh, but it's still, it's something that we should uh, we should deal with, not only for tourists, obviously, but also for uh, people living inside of Israel. I think it has to do with the socialist tradition uh, that uh, this uh, economy had, a semi-communist uh, uh, economic tradition that, uh, that existed in the, the founding of Israel, which doesn't exist anymore, of course, but we still have some leftovers that make uh, the, the market in Israel very centralized with a lot of barriers to competition, a lot of barriers to trade, uh, a very protectionist market. Uh, and this makes prices uh, much higher than in other countries in the OECD, uh, in the developed world. Uh, and so this is something that I plan to attack. I'm doing it through uh, legislative bills that are meant to uh, uh, remove bureaucracy, uh, remove barriers to trade, uh, remove some things that uh, that uh, the that regulation uh, that uh, the Israeli government uh, put uh, over the years in order to protect uh, local uh, citizens. But in the end, they don't really protect local citizens because when you look at it in a comparative wor uh, way, they don't uh, exist anywhere else in the world. So if something, for example, if I want to import toothpaste in Israel, then there's specific regulation to Israel uh, as to what the, how this toothpaste should look like, how its packaging should look like, uh, and things like that, things that don't exist in other places in the world. And that is a huge barrier to trade because we can't expect a large international conglomerate to abide by rules that exist only in Israel uh, when creating their products. Uh, and then we can't import from these large uh, international conglomerates. This is one example. There's a lot of examples like that. Uh, it's quite tedious, but it's a very important work. Uh, I think it has to do also with the fact that after we created such an amazing state, let's make it good and fun to live in. And so that's that's basically uh, what I'm trying to do on the economic side. On the on the side of Judea and Samaria, I strongly believe in Judea and Samaria. I'm promoting sovereignty in Judea and Samaria. I have a caucus 
which is meant to uh, meet for the first time in around uh, a month. I mean, we've already established it in the field, but in the Knesset will will meet for the first time a caucus which wants to promote sovereignty uh, in Judea and Samaria, but starting with uh, the Jordan Valley, where there's large consensus. Uh, in uh, in the Israeli society for sovereignty uh, in uh, in the Jordan Valley, uh, and so I hope uh, that this caucus can unite people from both the coalition and opposition on this topic, so that as soon as we have a diplomatic opportunity to do so, uh, we'll be ready to do it. All the legislation will be ready. Everything will be ready. It's only question of having the diplomatic opportunity, which will happen. I believe it will happen, uh, and uh, and we'll be ready. Uh, for sovereignty to be uh, to to be declared, uh, and we're preparing the ground for that, and and uh, we're doing uh, we're working hard on that. The third topic, it, everything that has to do with international relations between parliaments. Uh, I've been traveling a lot, not because it's fun. Trust me, traveling for twenty four hours to another country is never fun. It's a lot of work. It's uh, very little sleep, but I've been doing it because I see. Part of my job as a parliament member who also speaks English, French, uh, and knows about the international scene is to bring Israel's story also to other parliaments. Uh, and so uh, I've been doing that through relations uh, both with uh, Abraham Accords countries. By the way, I'm also the head of the Abraham Accord caucus in, uh, in the Knesset, but also uh, I've been to Bahrain, to uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, and I've been to, uh, to to different countries, but also with uh, friendly countries such as uh, uh, the United States, of course. Uh, I just had a, a talk last week with uh, 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 Senator Menendez, one of the most pro-Israel sen- senators uh, in, uh, in the Democratic Party, uh, and maybe also in the whole Senate as a whole. He's very, very uh, friendly to Israel. Uh, and uh, he, he, it was a talk with him and also a, a Greek and and uh, and a uh, parliament member from Cyprus. And so I, I'm really pushing also when it comes to the international relations uh, of Israel on the parliamentary level, which I think is very important because we know also that parliament members uh, end up uh, becoming prime ministers in many countries uh, or foreign ministers in many countries. And even if not, they still have a lot of power when it comes to their public persona and also the, their responsibility to oversee the work of their governments. And, and so it's important to also invest uh, on the level of parliament members. You have a lot on your plate. Looking forward to seeing all of your hard work bear fruit. Very, very last question. I saw a wonderful picture of you after Pesach, Passover. You were in full Mimuna garb. For those who don't know what Mimuna is, uh, we don't have enough time to describe it. It's a it's a, uh, an additional holiday celebrated by, by Moroccan Jews and others like myself who I enjoy Mimuna after Passover. So I saw that. So the last question is, what is going to be on the Luz family barbecue uh, on Yom Ma'ut? What are you going to be grilling up? What are you going to be eating? And we're going to leave <laughs> you with that. I love steak. My wife loves ribs. I hope you do not have much vegan uh, listeners because they'll hate me right now. I actually hope you have a lot of vegan listeners. I hope you have a lot of listeners of all types. But I, don't get mad at me, uh, any vegan listeners. But this is what we this is what we like in, in our family. I also like. I don't know if your listeners knows what merguez is because that's also something that's quite. Uh, from the Middle East, but uh, merguez spicy is sausage, uh, spicy exactly. sausages. So that's also something else that I like. But you should know that Israel is actually developing technology to make some uh, some lab uh, lab. Uh, we're already talking about the the vegans. We're developing amazing technology to make 
uh, lab uh, meet, right? Which will be uh, moral also on, on that level. Uh, and so uh, Israel is a leader in that field also. We're in a leader in many, many fields, thank God. Okay, you were very PC there, but I'm going to stick with you with the steak, with the ribs, <laughs> with the marguez, the sausages, all the all the good stuff for Yom Atzimut as Israel celebrates its 75th anniversary. In modern times, I want to thank you so much for your time. Likud, MK, Danny Luz, originally from Montreal, now living in Israel, making a difference, making an impact, not only with the Anglo community, but with the greater Israeli community at large and for world Jewry. So I want to thank you for your time. Chag Sameach. Have a meaningful Yom HaZikaron Memorial Day and have a wonderful festive Yom HaTzma'ud as we celebrate together. Thanks so much. Thank you. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. We are going to take a short break right now. Come back with uh, the second part of the show. All the latest news from Israel. You are listening to Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Josh Haston here. Thanks again to MK Danny Luce for his time. And uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Prayer, faith, and healing. Find out about it from a Judean perspective. We want this life to be good. It's so good. Cherish every day. Thank you, God, for every day. The Land of Israel Fellowship invites you to learn Torah from Judea, a new cycle, a new world, with Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz. And if you don't see life as one incredible gift, you won't see God. But if you can see the gift, then you'll be blessed to see the giver. To sign up, Visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. And we are back. Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. April the 24th, it is Monday, the 3rd of ER 5783. Thanks again to MK Dan Eluz for his time and uh, his dedication to the state of Israel, his striving for unity, building relations with other nations, and all the other stuff that he's working on in the Knesset, Judea, and Samaria. Let's not forget about that. Let's get to some news here uh, on the rest of the show. Uh, Last night, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, reported here by JNS, canceled a scheduled address to the Jewish Federations of North America General Assembly in Tel Aviv amid planned protests over the government's uh, judicial reform program, which, by the way, is currently paused. So, you know, it looks like the prime minister wanted to avoid a scene. I think it's a mistake that he didn't go. I mean, you're the prime minister of the state of Israel. Unless your plan is to to quit, how can you cancel a speech to one of the most influential, influential groups in the U.S.? Now, don't get me wrong. I have many issues with the Federation I want to be absolutely clear about that, but the federations did the right thing by not canceling on Netanyahu, so why should Netanyahu cancel on them? Let me know what your thoughts are if you think the prime minister did the right thing or the wrong thing. Again, I think that weakness breeds weakness, and uh, again, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes, but uh, who knows? Maybe the federation's happy he actually canceled, and that could be the case, but the prime minister is invited to speak of to a group of U.S. Jews, I say he should go and just lay it on the table there. Lay it on the table. Tell them why, for example, judicial reform is necessary. Talk to them. I don't know what is accomplished by not taking advantage of the uh, the platform that he, that he uh, had. I don't have the details, of course, but I'm basing my comments on what was reported 
So I think this was a, in my opinion, a, a blown opportunity. At the same time, the prime minister, according to JNS, has nixed his decision to appoint May Golan, also a Likud lawmaker, as the consul general in New York. There was backlash among liberal American Jews. Um, so this is another backtrack. And I think this is the wrong message. And we really need to ask, I mean, will the Israeli government just collapse under all this pressure? I, I, I don't get it. And, and I understand that the U.S. government, for example, has somewhat of a say in the matter since, since this is a Megolan would have been serving on their soil. But again, this is, in my opinion, this is the United States Biden administration holding Israel to a different standard. And I haven't done research on this, but I would be curious to know how many other representatives of consul generals from other countries, other countries, would the State Department actually comment on? If I didn't mention this before, yes, the State Department commented commented on the fact that Israel wanted to, the Israeli government wanted to appoint Megolan as the consul general in New York. If you ask me, this is the same Biden administration which has snubbed our prime minister and basically our government here in Israel, and even worse, has shown weakness in the Middle East as Iran continues to get closer to a nuclear weapon day by day. And that is our sad reality. That is the Biden administration. And in regard to Iran, I would say most Americans understand the Iranian nuclear threat, including 44 high-ranking U.S. servicemen. Uh, JNS reports that a month after the Jewish Institute for National Security of America issued a letter signed by 44 retired U.S. generals and admirals that called on the U.S. to arm Israel against the threat of nuclear Iran, the entity reissued the text with four other signatories. So here you have these retired U.S. generals. They're calling on the administration to give Israel any weapons necessary in order to make sure that Iran doesn't go nuclear. And that is what the response should be from the United States. Unfortunately, these are retired generals. These are not current generals. And it's certainly not uh, representative of the administration. But, um, you know, on April 18th, just last week, Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day, the Iranian president, proclaimed his desire to destroy Haifa and Tel Aviv. Okay, so why isn't the U.S. doing everything? And again, I'm, I'm talking about the administration. Why isn't the administration doing everything to make sure that Iran doesn't go nuclear? Okay, and Israel's going to have to go at it alone, probably, based on the way things are going, based on what we talked about last week, how... Saudi Arabia and other countries in the Gulf are warming up to Iran because they see the U.S. as a weak alternative and they want to stay safe. So they're playing it wrong. But that being said, I somewhat don't blame them because of the weak Biden administration. Look at Afghanistan as the perfect example and the way the U.S. is handling policy vis-a-vis -vis Iran. Here is, uh, we're getting to uh, discussion on Yom HaZikaron Memorial Day, and we're talking about judicial reform. It's all related here. The High Court of Justice has ordered Defense Minister, this is Times of Israel, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant to allow, it says here, Palestinians or PA Arabs invited to an annual joint Memorial Day event to enter the country for tomorrow evening's event. That's actually this evening's event. 
This came out yesterday. There is this yearly um, event which brings together essentially uh, families of Israeli terror victims and families of terrorists, Arabs who were killed trying to murder Israelis. And somehow this organization, I don't even want to mention their name, has a an event which I think is a desecration to Israel's Memorial Day. They have a joint event for Arabs, PA Arabs. Again, you're talking about, in many, many cases, these are actual families of terrorists together with Israeli families. And some people think this is a beautiful thing. I think this is a sick thing to equate the two and have this event. And Minister Gallant, the defense minister, said that, no, we are not going to allow the PA Arabs into pre-1967 Israel to take part in this event. But Israel's high court overruled, overruled the defense minister and said, no, they have the right to come and take and participate in this event. So again, we're seeing before our very own eyes how the court controls things here in Israel based on their agenda. And this is a perfect example a perfect example of why we need judicial reform, why things have to change here in regard to the uh, judicial bodies here in Israel, the Supreme Court, the High Court. Perfect example. And uh, this event is a, uh, is a disgrace. It's an honest disgrace. Equating terrorism, terrorists and their families with Israelis who are, are in mourning on Israel's Memorial Day. You think there's an event like this in Ramallah, under the PA, where Jewish victims of terror and their families are invited to participate in a joint event. That doesn't exist, okay? That doesn't exist over there. And honestly, it should not exist here. I think it's disrespectful to the bereaved families here in Israel. Um, and it's just, it's just sick. It just boggles the mind how this event takes place. And now the high court is supporting this event from taking place. Uh, another item of news here, Israel yesterday, I think it was yesterday or Saturday evening, arrested a Jordanian, Jordanian parliamentarian, a Jordanian, Jordanian MP on suspicion of smuggling over 200 guns into Judea and Samaria via the Allenby Bridge. So here you have a Jordanian member of parliament. Um, I don't know what his claim was. He had some business in Israel or he was meeting with government officials or whatnot. And the guy, uh, according to the Times of Israel, smuggled in assault rifles, handguns, also gold, all these things into Israel. So remember, Israel was under pressure from the U.S., the Biden administration, to expand the hours of crossing at the Allenby Bridge. And this is our thank you. This is what we get in return. And by the way, Israel's foreign ministry declined to comment on this whole incident. Everyone's being hush-hush because we don't want to upset the Biden administration, right? Who, who pushed for the easing of these restrictions. And this is the perfect example of what happens in this country when you show any type of weakness or good grace, it blows up in your face. It happens time and time again. Yes, I know we have a peace agreement. We have a treaty with Jordan, okay? I know it's not the same thing as, uh, as Hamas or... Palestinian Authority or the other terror groups, perhaps. But that being said, this is what happens. And this is just a, another example of weak U.S. policy and Israel going along with it. It ends up blowing up in our face. Yom Azikaron Memorial Day starts tonight. There will be a siren at 8 p.m., 24 hours of 
military ceremonies and memorials and all different types of events to remember the 24,213 soldiers who have lost their lives in service of this nation since 1860. In addition, we will remember 4,255 people who were murdered since 1951 in terrorist attacks. So you're talking about over 29,000 people who fell either in the line of duty or who were murdered in terrorist attacks. That is what the next 24 hours is about. And then after that, we will celebrate 75 years of our independence, 75 years of the modern day state of Israel. And I probably say this each and every year. If you have not been here during this time of the year, during Memorial Day, Yom Zikaron, and Independence Day, Yom Atzmaut, you should come and visit Israel during this time of year. There's nothing else in the world that is like it from the low of the low, from mourning and sadness to joy and celebration and how it just moves from one into the next. Just like that, you raise the flag, which was lowered on Memorial Day. You raise it at 8 p.m. tomorrow night, on Tuesday night, and then there's 24 hours of celebrations and parties and barbecues and trips and everything else that goes along with it. So to finish the show on some happy news here with everything we're going through, especially this year, thank God, 75 years 75 years since the birth of the modern state of Israel, and we will celebrate it. Despite it all, we will overcome our differences. We will overcome the disunity, and we will celebrate our 75 years. So I'm going to end on that note. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Again, a big shout-out and thank you to MK Danny Luz for his time. Shout-out to Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bresky, the engineer, who put together that interview as well. Um, and everyone out there, have a meaningful Yom Karon Memorial Day and a truly joyous Independence Day celebrating 75 years of the modern state of Israel. Get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. That is where you can find me. Send me an email again, josh at thelandofisrael.com. Wishing everyone out there a meaningful Yom Karon, Happy Yom Ma'ut. Shalom, shalom from Gush Etzion, Judea, just south of the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people, Jerusalem. All the best, everyone. You're listening to the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Broadcasting the truth and beauty of Israel to the world.